Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother on TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and a review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. Uh, a few things to talk about today. So it seems like uh, both Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe kind of held some media sessions and, and they spoke today for the first time in, in a while. Keefe uh, did speak recently, but Dubas hasn't spoken in quite a bit. So, um, you know, just going to pull out some clips from there, uh, from those media session that I think is worth talking about. So we'll kind of dissect a couple of those things. Uh, and then also just... Get a sense of the latest in the NHL's return to play, and it almost feels like it's April again, May even. Like the fact that we we think that there's going to be hockey, but we don't know that there's going to be hockey. Like we're getting some, uh, you know, we're, we're getting close, but nothing's been put, you know, pen to paper, and ah, it's it's tough. So we're gonna update you the latest on that, and if we have time, we'll go through some of the players that the Leafs have that may contend to make the World Junior Championships. And even there's some news there at the World Junior Championships. So, uh, COVID, man. COVID is running rampant in the sports world. And if you're following anything that's going on in the NFL, you'll know that uh, that COVID is making the NFL's life a living hell. I would not want to be a schedule maker for for uh, the NFL right now. The, the fact that this Ravens-Steelers game was supposed to be played last Thursday. It was supposed to be their their marquee Thanksgiving game, and it's now being played on a Wednesday afternoon, six days later, at 3.40 in the afternoon. Brutal. Brutal. And it's all thanks to COVID. All thanks to COVID. And, and also, you know, the coronavirus once again rearing its ugly head here in the NHL because if it weren't for that, we would have fans in the stands and there wouldn't be all of this nonsense about the owners wanting to come back for some more money and the players saying, whoa, 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 we agreed to a deal before. Let's hang out. Let's hang on and let's go back to our agreed upon deal. And so now there's some 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 give and take between them. We'll get to all of that. Uh, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, it's a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's absolutely Absolutely delicious. Go to proteinbar.com. Sorry, go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off of your next order. That's the promo code locked on at builtbar.com for 20% off. Uh, so let's get right into it. I think today's news is uh is is interesting. There's there's I wouldn't say it's really today's news. It's been over the course of the weekend, I guess, and considering it's a Monday, we, we can talk about that. Uh, I think Dubis and, and Keith spoke over the weekend, and this is kind of where a lot of this information uh, is coming from. So I pulled a few clips here from both of those interviews with Sheldon Keefe and uh, Kyle Dubis, and I'm just going to pull them up quickly, and then we're going to have a quick chat, dissect them, kind of like we did a couple of weeks ago. Um, so the first one that I found was really interesting was Kyle Dubas's definition of the word toughness because we all know that toughness was, was something that they wanted to uh, improve upon. It was It's what held them back in the playoffs a couple of years ago against Boston. It's what held them back in the playoffs this past year against Columbus. 
Team toughness is certainly lacking in Toronto, and they went out and they got a bunch of players that they're hoping can end up uh, instilling some some team mentality of toughness with the younger guys and also bring an element of toughness themselves. Uh, and, and what is that? Like, that word gets thrown around quite a bit, but what exactly does Kyle Dubas mean when he talks about what, that he wanted to add that element to his lineup? What exactly does that look like on the ice? And he had a really interesting... Um, Interesting answer for that, and I'm going to play it right now, and this is what Kyle Dubas' definition of toughness is. We talk about toughness with our group. It's it's very simple the way that we define it. It's if there's a 50-50 puck, are you, do you desperately want to win that puck every single time? And are you willing to be the first one on the puck? Are you willing to go to the difficult areas of the ice with and without the puck um, and be successful? Are you willing to endure the physical... Uh, uh, duress that's going to come on to you if we're going to go as far as we want to go and do that every single night for you know through the regular season but more importantly in the playoffs and, and be able to score the way you have to score the way in the playoffs and defend the way you have to defend in the playoffs and that gets built over time and I think the foundation of that gets set so that's what Kyle Dubas is referring to when he talks about adding toughness to uh, this team. He wants guys to chase and win these 50-50 puck battles. They want them to go into the corners and try and come away with pucks. Basically, he wants the team to act like Zach Hyman. <laughs> go into the puck battles if you can. Do it. Also, I look at Austin Matthews. It's certainly something that he started doing uh, You know, in, in the second half of last season after Sheldon Keefe took over. So hopefully he continues to build on that. Mitch Marner, I know he's uh, for, for a smaller frame guy, someone who's a little fearless. I could see him definitely improving his game by going into the corners. Willie, he's going to have to kind of pick it up a little bit. And I think that was a, a big reason why this team, or a big reason why she, why uh, Kyle Dubas felt that this team has been lacking recently. And, and a big reason for it is because he felt that his core, the young core, and he never specified anyone by name, but I think we could probably decipher who the young core of this team is, especially based on how he's talking about. But something that he also said in this interview uh, that, that seems relevant, I think, to this point here is he said he needs his young players to sacrifice a little bit. And I think... It's it's kind of pertaining to guys like Willie and like Mar a little bit, who are very skilled offensively, and maybe sometimes cheat a little bit. But you know, make sure that you're playing a complete game, and that's the type of sacrificing that I believe he's talking about in this clip I'm about to play. So let's hear it, uh, Dubis, uh, talking about how in order to achieve the next level for this organization, this franchise, the young core needs to start sacrificing a little bit more. The reality is that if that level of competitiveness and grit and, and toughness, as we term it, is going to permeate through the locker room, it's going to be through the maturity and grit of, uh, the, sorry, the maturity of the group that's already there in our core group. I think really embracing the fact that this is a wonderful opportunity. If they're willing to sacrifice a little bit in each of their own individual realms, uh, as all young teams do with young superstars players have to go through, there's so many examples from all over sports and all over different types of businesses then we'll really reach our full potential. So to me, it seems like Dubas is basically asking for everyone to buy in. He doesn't believe that that people bought in to uh, to Sheldon Keefe's system last year. 
There definitely was not buy-in to Mike Babcock's system. And I believe that there's the way that the Leafs need to play is probably somewhere a, a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B because uh, I, I believe their understanding based on what Tampa did that there has to be – it can't just be all uh, gung-ho, pedal to the metal all the time. I think they understand that there's got to be an element – uh, of of defensive play and and really 200 foot hockey in a lot of the games, especially with their young core players. I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever, and the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you want to check out. My favorite, Cookies and Cream. It is fantastic. But they also got Caramel Brownie, Cherry Barcia, Carrot Cake, Apple, Almond Crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you. These bars are healthy, they're delicious, they're amazing. And right now, you can get a free cooler with a purchase while supplies last. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for a chance at a free cooler and 20% off at BuiltBar.com. One other thing that Dubis said uh, that I thought was interesting, you talk about defensively, he discussed how... We shouldn't be surprised if they end up playing with seven defensemen. And a few weeks back, there was that article in the Toronto Sun, I believe. Yeah, uh, by the Toronto Star. Sorry, because it was Dave Festchuk from the Star. Um, and he kind of delved into Jack Hahn's idea of a three defense, two forward lineup. And, I mean, that got scoffed at pretty quickly. Uh, last time Sheldon Keefe had a sit-down with Mark Masters, I believe I, I also dissect those comments in, in a podcast uh, either last week or the week before. So go check that out if you want to hear my thoughts on that. But what I did find interesting is that Dubis, maybe not in favor of a 3D2 forward system, you know, as, as a five-man unit out on the ice at once. But what he is a fan of and something that he said don't be surprised to see is the Leafs dress seven defensemen. And here's why he believes that that could be something that Toronto dabbles with uh, in, the, in the upcoming season. And I think on, on defense, if the, if the group of D have specific functions, and I think we'll have a little bit more of that this year, uh, with the addition of Bogosian and, and uh, Miko Letnin from Finland, where he's playing with Jokri, Letnin is purely is, is a much more offensive guy. That's that's you know been the KHL defenseman of the year, but he thrives on the power play. Bogosian has been an excellent penalty killer in his career, and he's used to this system, and he and he was deployed that way by Tampa. Our feeling is that you know, and whether it's a Sandine or Lilligren, as they continue to come up and, and get worked in. I think our depth of our D will lend itself to this, and I wouldn't be surprised to, to see us use it from time to time during uh, during the season. And in the end, it will be Sheldon's call. But I, I think the matchups, and then the flexi- on, up front, and then the, the flexibility that it gives you on defense are, are certainly 
intriguing. And I think as it's been shown now, it certainly works in leading a team to a championship. So I, I think you'll see a lot more teams do it because, as you know, um, the championship teams tend to get mimicked. Yeah, right. So, like, Tampa, for a majority of their cup run, rolled with 7-D and 11 forwards, and that's just what they did. That's how they decided to, uh, to to go out and win themselves the Stanley Cup. And as we all know, it's a copycat league. So now that you had a well-balanced team with, with you know, veterans, grit, toughness, uh, 7-D playing uh, uh, most nights, uh, now you're going to see that popping up everywhere. And something that I, I kind of picked from that, which I really think is something that uh, could help this team, is especially when he was talking about Miko Lettinen and Zach Bogosian, was the fact that he's saying that, you know, there are they're, they're specialists out there on this team that they believe that they could do, right? So, Instead of just having a traditional third-pairing defense, you would have a guy like Miko Lettinen. Okay, you throw him over the boards when you are on an offensive uh, in the offensive zone, and you throw him with uh, with Travis Dermott as opposed to having a regular third pairing of like Bogosian, who's not very good offensively and, and may be detrimental when you're in that end. And then when they're playing on the defensive end, they swap him out for, you know, a, a Bogosian or a Sandine, depending on where he's playing. Maybe it's it's the fact that Bogosian, you know, a right shot defenseman along with Miko Lettinen, who plays the right side, they alternate on that third pair along with a maybe a, a Sandine or a Dermot. And they're going to alternate based on, uh, you know, Bogosian will get the defensive zone starts on the third pairing along with uh he will be he will be utilized on the penalty kill whereas Miko Lettinen will get all the offensive zone starts on the third pair along with uh, I believe we're using Dermot right now and will also get you know maybe power play two time because he's a power play specialist he's doing unbelievable right now he's like what KHL uh KHL defenseman of the year last year was playing exceptional this year up until he left and is getting ready for the season so that's something that I found really really interesting the fact that they could dress a seventh defenseman and maybe utilize them as specialists and have them doing uh, you know, match up what works best for them, and, and what's that going to cost you? A fourth line winger. So what? Maybe Jimmy VC comes out of the lineup every now and then, uh, or a player. You know, whoever is going to end up being a, a fourth line winger. You know, it's uh, it could be um, Pierre Engvall comes out of the lineup. Whatever it is, I think that that's very intriguing. I, I kind of like that type of. Uh, nuance that could be added to this to this organization, and like you said, it's worked. It worked with Tampa, and I think it could work here with the Maple Leafs. Yeah. Okay. So one more clip, and this is uh, once again Kyle Dubis. It's a bit of a longer one. It's a minute long, and this one's about the team's mindset. So this is what he's hoping the team's mindset. This is what it was in 2020 and how he's hoping it changes to achieve success in 2021. reality that we've learned about our team and where we need to change is really in our mindset. And I'll, take a, I'll use a few examples of, of the, the term that we've used for our team is that we find we do run as we wait. This year, 2020, I thought uh, what happened was game one and game five, when we had the opportunity to kind of take hold of the series and go out and, and grab it, and our talent dictates we should be able to, 
same thing. We were on our heels, kind of waiting to see what would happen in the game, rather than going out and attacking the opportunity that was there and forcing the other team to respond to us. And it's one thing we've talked a lot about the players uh, to a lot uh, to the players about this off season, and a very open communication on it. One of the things that, that we've looked at deeply for for why that is, and I think part of it is maturity. I think part of it is experience, but I think both of those things go into mindset and what the mindset of the group is. We have to stop waiting. Uh, for, we're waiting for our potential just to happen, and we have to start uh, going out and exercising that and, and making it happen, forcing the other teams to respond to us. So this is something that I talked about quite a bit, actually, during the season. The fact that this team, there was too much wait and see, not enough enough urgency out of the gate. It seemed like this team was never, ever pedal to the metal for 60 minutes. There was just too many lulls. They never put together a full performance. The consistency wasn't there. And, you know, Mike Babcock, he didn't sugarcoat it. He said, you know, they're just playing bad and, and ended up getting under the skin of some of the players. It was, you know, flowered up a little bit by Dubis and Sheldon Keefe by saying that there's a maturity issue within the locker room. But at the end of the day, it's true. Like, this is a team that is so skilled in how many times, if you've been a, a listener to this podcast since the start, where all season long, uh, how many times did I talk about how the Leafs never dictated play? They always let the opponent dictate play, which is why they struggled mightily against teams that were worse than them because they were playing to their game for whatever reason, the lack of identity. And I think it goes back to the fact that the Leafs just never had a true identity. They didn't know how to play a a style of game that they wanted until a little bit later into the year where I think maybe Keith started to uh, get through to this team, but definitely early on and in the playoffs even, there wasn't much of an identity. This team was just playing to the style of their opponents, and that's why they lost to Columbus. They played way too, uh, you know, they played way too tight and just played uh, a more dumbed-down defensively structured game against Columbus, and they just started mirroring what they were doing instead of going gung-ho because what happened when they finally started going after it and and they put out their big boys uh, that you know that Marner Matthews and Tavares line went out there for the last five minutes of game four they came back from what was a three nothing deficit to come back and win it in overtime it was absolutely incredible it was unreal and that is what happens when a team that is that talented takes the bull by the horns and runs with it. They didn't do that enough this year. And I'm glad that Kyle Dubas said that that is something that they are that they spoke to their team about cuz they got out of the gate way too slow, way too many times and you know, it would it's either opposite. They're either way too slow at the gate or they would fade away as the game went on and allow teams to get right back into it and they would fall back into uh whatever style their opponent was trying to play. That needs to stop. That needs to end. Uh, They need to figure out an identity. It seems like this toughness is something that they really do uh, are harping on. They went out and made a lot of additions this offseason. Jimmy Vesey's a pretty big, tough guy. Zach Bogosian is a a mean guy. You've got Joe Jumbo, Joe Thornton. He's an ox out there on the ice. Uh, Wayne Simmons. Like They've got themselves some really quality, tough, players that are tough to play against and that are veterans and that can bring in elements of consistency and I think that that's going to help this team going forward all right we'll take one more quick break and when we return I'll update you guys in the latest in the NHL's return to play
All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano still with you. Um, so, not much has really changed from last week when we when we last spoke. When I was talking about how there's still ongoing discussions between the owners and the players, uh, except the fact that they have actually finally got back uh, to to speaking again after going what five or six days without even talking. The the players were just like, we don't even want to want to approach this right now. It's ridiculous, but I think they are understanding that uh, there's. There's, there's not much uh, that they can do <laughs> at the end of the day. The NHL definitely needs to, to, uh, to, to figure this out, and the only way to do it is to have communication and talk. So Darren Dreger today on uh, TSM was talking about how it seems likely that a January 1st start doesn't look like it's going to be realistic anymore. The further that we get... Into like December is tomorrow. You may even be listening to this on December 1st because uh, we are recording this. I'm recording it late on Monday. And look, I don't know how you can cross your T's, dot your I's, and be ready to go and start the season a month from now. I just don't think the NHL will be able to to do it. Uh, there's way too many free agents out there. Go check the last podcast. I, I talked about the RFAs that are still on the market, the UFAs that are still out on the market that are are, are eager to be to be signed. Uh, like there's great players that still aren't on NHL teams. Mike Hoffman, a perennial 30 goal scorer, still waiting to get signed, and we're expecting all that to happen within the next month or so. But to have it all happen and be ready to go uh, for January 1st, I think. We're, we're running out of time for that, and it seems like the season uh, there's a it's going to start closer to February first than January first at this point. Possibly a uh, a a mid January start. Uh, Dreger also mentioned that it, it they could allow them to the players, you know, allow them to be with their families. This is kind of the 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 league giving the players a little bit more um and allowing them to be with their families for the entire new year's you know christmas new year's and then after the new year uh then head out to your cities get yourself set up quarantined whatever you need to do uh have a short short training camp um and Hopefully they can be ready by mid to late January. If not, started things up uh, February first. I think that February first, I believe, is probably the very last day that they want to get this thing started. I think you can't go much longer than that, or you a are going to be going into the summer, which. Uh, they don't want to do because you got the Olympic coverage, which will be ongoing, and NBC, who owns the rights in America to air the hockey games, also has the Olympic rights, and <laughs> you damn well know that they're going to be choosing Olympics over hockey, especially in America, and even here, CBC, they're going to go with the Olympics over hockey here. So they need to get this thing sorted out by the beginning of uh, July so that they are finished up by the Olympics, and in order to do that and get a full 48-game season, which is what I think everybody's reporting at this point, looking likely to be a 48-game season, you got to start by February 1st. Any later than that, you're rolling the dice, rolling the dice. So, um, like I said, not that much of an update, but I think now it, it seems very likely that January 1st, 
a start day of January 1st can be almost ruled out. Like, I am ruling it out. The NHL has yet to rule it out, but I am willing to say it's very unlikely that we start Jam 1, and I think that this season starts closer to February 1st. Um, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I was going to go over maybe the World Junior Championships and talk about some of the players and some of the challenges that the, the junior teams are going to be facing here, uh, which is supposed to be in Edmonton. Um, but I think I'm going to leave that to the next podcast. I was going to go over some of the Leafs players as well that have a chance to represent Toronto and represent their countries, rather, uh, at the World Championships. So that'll be a lot of fun. Maybe I'll get... Uh, I'll get a prospect guy on, or I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll get a guest who can help me have these these uh, conversations about these these prospects and these players and the odds of who are going to make the, the world championship team, who may not make the team, who stands in a chance, and whether or not they believe that the world junior championships are even going to go on. So keep an eye out for that podcast. That'll be coming out in the next couple of days. Uh, as for today, that's going to do it. I'd like to thank everyone for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. If you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow, but until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.